Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. What is up, my people? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to Getting Magnetic. We are super excited for today's episode and today's guest. If you tuned in on Friday, we had a quick money mindset episode, kind of how to set a foundation for a proper mindset around money. From here, we're starting a three-part series, which we're calling our money series. And we're going to interview what we call our financial SWAT team. And today, we had to start out with the GOAT, like how you start out, how you start thinking about your money, managing your money, growing your money for us has been hire someone who knows what they're doing. You know, we might know how to make money, but then how do you manage money? How do you, you know, file your taxes? How do you do all these things? How do you set your businesses up to be as efficient as possible? So we're bringing on Greg O'Brien, founder and CEO of Greg O'Brien, or sorry, GOCPA. And he has, I have known Greg since college. We actually played football together at Bentley University. We built a relationship. We both lived in Boston. And we've been able to partner in business together. I respect Greg as just a human being. He's a rad human being, but he also has a great, brilliant business mind. He's a former employee turned entrepreneur. So we had to have him on, share a bit about his story. But he, what he has done over the past two years in launching his own business, really redefining the game for CPA firms. When you think about a CPA, you think about, you know, your parents, 60-year-old CPA pushing pens and counting, you know, beans at a desk, right? Sorry to any CPAs out there. Greg is redefining the game. Like he is that new, hip, young, like not too young, but on the younger side, like redefining like stylish, like CPA that's like really shaking up the industry, doing it the way, you know, he wants to do it, getting magnetic to that life and that business he wants. And I'm just so impressed in what he's done in such a short time. And he adds so much value to our lives as a friend, as a person we know in the relationship we have with him, but also, you know, through business, through being our CPA, through kind of overseeing, being a part of our financial SWAT team. So without further ado, we wanted to invite Greg O'Brien on. Say what up to the Getting Magnetic fam, Greg. Sandy, Wade, great to be here. I appreciate you having me and uh, looking forward to this conversation and seeing what kind of value we can add to your audience. Welcome. Okay, let's set the foundation. Like, tell us a little bit about Greg. I want people to get to know you. Like, you know, I'm going to bring like the like feeling to this interview. So like, (laughs) set the foundation. Like, where were you born and raised? Like, tell us a little about you and your upbringing so that people can get to know you. Yeah, for sure. So I'm an I'm an East Coast boy. So born and raised in Boston, Mass. That's where I, uh, I met Wade back in the day. So you know, grew up kind of traditional in a suburb of Boston. Went to high school, started playing football in high school, and then eventually went to Bentley University, which is a small Division II school outside of Boston. That's where I met Wade. We played football together there. So obviously, neither of us made it to the league, although Wade probably <laughs> thought he should have. Um, and uh, 
and uh, for you know from there, you know, I had a, obviously had a great time, great education in college, and then just kind of took the traditional route. I did study accounting in college, and then I for some reason stayed and got my master's degree in taxation, which is looking back a bizarre you know move in my life. You know, when you're 22 years old. Not many people are thinking about getting a master's degree in taxation, but something intrigued me about it at the time. I don't really remember what it was, but um, got through that, got my uh, my CPA license, and then along the way, just worked at a you know traditional CPA firm in Boston, and then eventually, you know, kind of got the grass is greener syndrome that a lot of people get in their career and they're young, and flipped over uh, and got into real estate, and I was working for a couple different private real estate developers around the Boston area. Um, really, really valuable and interesting experience in my life. And it's, it's led me to do certain other things in my life now. And it's also, you know, give me great depth of knowledge for clients and how real estate really works. So I don't regret that move whatsoever. But as things grew on, um, I ended up at a larger real estate company, which, which was a great company to work for. But at that point in my life, um, 2017, I started doing a lot more self-education as Wade probably knows, I'm a huge, huge podcast listener. So I started listening to a lot of podcasts, a lot of motivational podcasts. You know, you think think like, you know, Tony Robbins type podcasts, just kind of, you know, at that stage of my life or discovering what was out there, um, what else I could be doing and, and kind of felt a little stuck, honestly, uh, where I was in my career, H- had a good job. But, you know, I kind of said, geez, like, I'm never going to get the top of this company. It's, it's, you know, 19 more levels of management to get through. And along the way, what I had been doing is just helping family and friends with with their taxes. Right, I'm a CPA, have a master's in tax, so people say, "Hey, can you can you do our tax return for us with this question or money question stuff like that?" And I'd say, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And just just kind of started off as a as a straight side hustle, and then you know I was like, "Hey, this isn't bad, making some extra money during the winter, you know, working, you know, just doing a couple hours at night and on you know Saturdays and Sundays, spending a few hours, and I liked it." And that really gave me that entrepreneurial bug. And, you know, I'll never forget, I had a meeting with a, a younger uh, CPA that had gone out on his own and, and was doing pretty well. And I kind of told him what I was feeling. And he said to me, he said, Greg, you're screwed. I said, what do you mean I'm screwed? He's like, you're screwed. I go, I don't, I don't get what you mean. He said, if you have those feelings right now, he's like, there's no going back. He's like, you are, you are going to be an entrepreneur. You're going you're gonna to quit your job. He's like, I, I, I can just tell how you're talking. And, and he was right. So about six months later from that conversation, I really, really focused and studied on the industry, the problems with the industry, the goods, the bads, and, and how to break into it. Because, you know, I'm an analytical person, right? I'm a CPA, I'm a numbers person. So it wasn't, you know, the leap of faith was there, but I also wanted to be analytical about it, right? Like, hey, I live in downtown Boston, I have bills to pay. So I had to figure that part of it out. And then I just kind of picked the date. I said, you know, no later than September this year, I'm going to leave my job. and then. Just woke up one day and I said, "Today's the day." Went in, I quit, and it was it was terrifying. But at the same time, it was you know one of the most exciting days of my life. And you know, my parents probably thought I was crazy at the time. A lot of people thought I was crazy, but you know, that was only a little over two and a half, about two and a half years ago at this point. Um, not even probably less than that. And haven't looked back since. So, so went into business in 2018, and my whole theory was that you know I think that. I worked at a firm that was old school. I see a lot of these old school firms out there that are very paper oriented, very slow, not very tech oriented, not good customer service. And I, I said, you know, I think we can approach this industry with more of like a tech company mindset 
and, and kind of put it on its head. And, you know, thus I decided from day one, I said, you know, I'm going to grow a team completely virtually, not going to have a you know big office um, footprint. We're going to find the best talent, wherever they may be, whether they're, you know, uh, in Massachusetts or they're in Arizona, I'm going to hire them based on, on their, their credentials. So, you know, pre-COVID, we were doing the whole virtual thing anyway. So it's, it's been, uh, been no big deal for us. But yeah, so the journey has been great so far. We've been able to help, you know, countless entrepreneurs, startups, small business owners, founders in their journey, their financial journey, both from a personal standpoint and a business standpoint. And it's truly gratifying, you know, when you see, you know, someone have tangible results um, in the form of, uh, you know, of reduced taxes that they can, they can use that money elsewhere in their life, whether it's for their family or to reinvest in their business. So it's been a, it's been a great journey that so far. It feels like it's been about 10 years, but obviously we're not that far. And I'm a, I'm a huge uh, student of the game. So I'm out there, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. I'm listening to 15 to 20 podcasts a week, probably. I just feel like there's so Love much it. great content out there right now that, that we have for free. And my theory is, right, like, hey, I want to do things differently, but I don't need to reinvent the wheel, right? Because there's a lot of people doing a lot of cool things out there that are pretty successful. So if you can take a little bit of everybody, it makes all the difference. And, uh, you know, I look at how this business has been formed and how we run it. And I feel like it's... um it's like we chip a little bit off of a different businesses um, along the way and kind of mold it, you know, to our own liking. So much to unwrap there in the, the journey into entrepreneurship and then the mindset of like that, that student of the game, always learning, always looking to grow and then kind of zig in while people zag. We'll unwrap that through the episode before we even get into that, because I've had the privilege of knowing you, you know, in college playing football together. And I want you because I see this in you and I want you to speak on for people out there because I think it can empower people. But you came in to Bentley, you, you walked on, you were undersized for a linebacker. So Greg was our middle linebacker. He ended up being the captain of the team, like the one of the handful of leaders on the team who was chosen as a captain. And he went from, you know, undersized as a, as a walk-on to starting captain, middle linebacker, kind of the quarterback of the defense. So kind of you had that kind of underdog chip on your shoulder mentality. How has that served you in your life, but also in your business? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's definitely a big part of uh, my story and my journey, right? And I think like looking back on those days, it goes, it goes down to work ethic. I'm a big believer in there's, there's no shortcuts. You can't substitute for hard work, can't substitute for studying. Again, you know, I wasn't the most physically talented player out there, but one thing I prided myself on from some good coaching was the mental aspect of the game, right? And I was one of those people that I truly believed, like I knew the play that was going to come because we studied all week. So that was my my way around it, right? Like, hey, I got to make up for some not being the biggest guy out there, not being the fastest guy out there. How do I how do I make up for that? And there's a whole nother, you know, you're half physical, half mental, right? So I said, there's, that's the way to make up for it. So yeah, that's been a huge, huge kind of part of my journey. And I brought it to the business world as well, right? And I think that I'm not, we're not PwC, but at the same time, or, you know, yeah, obviously no offense to them. They're a $41 billion company, but I also don't, you know, I don't compete with them. I don't want to compete with them, right? Because I don't want to do what they're doing. And I, I look at it, you know, I don't approach it as David versus Goliath, right? I just say, hey, look, I got to make my own way here. I see opportunities in, in this industry. And yeah, we're starting from zero. We're starting from the ground up in 2018. But, you know, I truly in my heart believe that there is a mission out there to, to help people, to help startups, to help entrepreneurs do things differently. I see the vision. I, ha I see the path, right? And then it's, uh, you know, it's that mentality, like nothing's going to stop me. Of course, there's going to be multiple 
roadblocks, hurdles, people pushing back, stumbles along the way. But that's just all part of the journey. And, I, and you know, I love it. You know, I had a stumble this week uh, internally, and I was like, you know what? This could really put me down for two days, but otherwise, or I can just look at it as, hey, this is a stumbling block along the way. Let's read, react, and, and figure it out. So, yeah, certainly I, I take that mindset from, you know, the field and, and I've tried my best to, you know, to put it into business. Love it. So good. Okay. So, before we dive into like the foundational blocks of, I guess, being a CPA and taxes and all these things that are way over my head and why I'm so grateful for you, because I could absolutely never thrive in your industry. <laughs> um, I want to know what was like the defining moment. Like I know you said you had that conversation with that younger CPA that was like game over, like you're going to be an entrepreneur. But was there like, I don't know, like some people are driven by pain, right? For me, like that's how I'm driven. Like I am motivated by I don't want to experience XYZ. Mm -hmm. So I work really hard to avoid the pain. Like there's this whole mentality of like, you know, do you operate pleasure mm -hmm. versus pain? So I'm curious, did something like painful happen to you or did some sort of event like what, what was that defining moment that was like, I am leaving my job and I am starting my own thing? Yeah, I think it was, I, I think I'm more of like the pleasure aspect of that conversation where I said, of course, there's obviously financial motive to, to what people do. I was more of like the freedom seeker too, where I said, you know, look, I have a cushy, they call it a, a cushy corporate job, right? Like, we, uh, you know, working the nine to five, like didn't have to put in much extra time, but I wasn't fulfilled. And that's what I sought. I sought fulfillment. And I said, of course, I want to be, you know, more successful financially. And I want to have, I want to control my own life. And I think that was, well, that was one of the bigger things, right? Like I, I want to have control and I, I want to be a part of building something. Um, and I, I missed that. Like I missed the, I missed the competitive edge too, from the, the, uh, the field, right? Like you, you're always competing, competing, and then you're in this you know, corporate world. And I was like, yeah, it just, you know, it just kind of like you go, you're, you're going through, I said, I can't see myself doing this for the next 30 years. Right. And I know that, you know, there's a, a whole generation of people that that was the big thing. You, you work at a company for 30, 40 years and you get your pension, your retirement plan, you move on. But I, I did, you know, six, seven years of that. And I didn't, I wasn't fulfilled through it. So it was definitely a slower journey. There was not, I didn't have like a cliff moment. It was just really self-discovery. And then I also think it was opening my eyes to what was out there, right? Like I, you know, what if at one point said, I have no idea how to start a business. That's crazy. That'll never happen. You need, you need a lot of money to do that. But, you know, through my self-education journey, listening to podcasts, things like that, you know, I, I, uh, I was like, this is possible. And I listened to a lot of Tony Robbins and, you know, he can fire you up. And one of the things that I, that I did that got me over my stumbling block of, of uh, making the decision was I wrote down you know, what is the worst thing that could happen? And I said, the worst thing that could happen is that I fail miserably, I run out of money, and I got to move home with my parents, and then I'm still a CPA and I go get a corporate job and probably just end up two years behind where I was. And I was like, that's not the worst thing in the world. So I had to do things like that to could get, could get over that fear because it's certainly a fear, right? Like, you know, but it's also super exciting once you make that, make that leap. And having that mindset of I'm going to succeed, you know, and there's no stopping me. So that's kind of the mindset I had to approach it with. And once I got over that mental fear of, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen type of thing, it was kind of all systems to go from there. I love it. Well, student or school's never out for the pro. You're a constant student. I love that about you. So cool. Yeah. Well, I think this? I resonate with Greg so much because we actually did take a similar course. I mean, as much as we went to the same school, we both got our master's degree 
mine and finance, his and tax from there, and then went into those respective fields. But seven years in, we actually have a similar timeline too. It's like, gosh, there's more out there for me. And I love what Greg said, and I want to like unbox that a bit. But a few things that I picked up in him telling his story is, one, like Sandy said, school's never out for the pro. He was always learning. He was seeking to personally develop himself. And maybe not at the beginning of his career, maybe you're doing the development and learning the skills, learning the industry, learning the business world in general. But from there, when you start to have that like yearn for more, like something is placed on your heart, it's there for a reason. Those gut instincts, that intuitive feeling where it's like, I feel like I could do this. From there, he surrounded himself with mentors. He doesn't necessarily have access to Tony Robbins personally, but he started listening to his stuff and a lot more than Tony Robbins. Um, he started listening to a lot of different people, educating himself on his industry, mastering his craft, and then started to think, okay, I'm seeking freedom. I'm seeking all these things. I'm not going to become the CEO of this company for the next, for decades. But what if I could become the CEO of my own life overnight through becoming an entrepreneur, through building something from a skill set I have or a desire or a passion I have, and then setting a date. So he made a declaration to himself. He set a date as of September 2018, I'm going to make the jump. And then one day waking up and just deciding to do it. I remember Greg called me after he did it. And I just had this hunch. And I said, did you just quit your job? And he goes, yup, let's go. I'm starting. Funny story there. So at the time, my, my, uh, my boss um, was... We, I worked kind of remotely in a satellite office. He was down in Washington, D.C. And it was just a random Thursday. And I obviously, you know, I couldn't do it in person. I had to call the guy. So I called him and picked up the phone. He said, what's up, Greg? And I just shot. I went into shock. I was silence. I couldn't speak. And he's like, are you there? <laughs> call me back. And I just hung up. And then I was like, all right, I got I to compose my thoughts here. Because, you know, in my, in my head, I said, you know, I had quit jobs before. I had quit two previous jobs. Um, it's it, No one likes quitting jobs. It's It's just like tough it's awkward but at this point i was like i'm i'm quitting a job forever there's there's, there's no going back and he's gonna think i'm crazy probably and it was all those fears and it was it was interesting you know his reaction was silence and then it was i completely respect that and my wife's going through the same journey right now and i think that's awesome and it was like the coolest thing to have someone that you're you're putting in potentially a bad position right to completely respect what you're doing. And he actually really, really helped me through that process. So that was just, I, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I really do. It was just looking back on that now I laugh about it, but then, yeah, that's, that's how it all went down. I love it. I love the story. Yeah, it's so good. And I also love what you brought up in, in thinking about in maybe journaling on or just really spending time thinking about what is the worst case scenario that can happen. I think for ev any decision in your life where you're like, thinking about it, and it might be a bigger decision, you want to do it, journal on that, meditate on it, think about that, like, what is the worst thing that can happen? If you have a desire to jump into entrepreneurship, spend some time with that, with that thought with that question, because it's really not that bad. So go for it. Sometimes you just need to take the jump and then Greg takes the leap and the jump. And I will commend you and I'm going to humble brag for you a bit. In two years, what he's been able to build, you know, with his firm, what, whether it's employing other people and impacting their lives and other families, but also helping numerous, numerous businesses like build and, and build and grow. And what you've been able to do has been amazing. So let's, let's flip the script. Let's transition into, okay, typically when someone thinks about a CPA, I kind of mentioned this in the intro, maybe an older person, usually an older guy going to do your taxes at the end of the year. 
gonna maybe save you money, gonna say like, oh, let's not talk about this, whatever. But what you've taught me as a CPA, you've kind of been a mentor in money and financials and you know, on our financial SWAT team. You've helped really flip the script for me around the mindset around money. So if you could give people out there any advice around like how to think about money, how to think about taxes or CPA or what you do, like what would that be? What would your advice be? Yeah, I, I mean, I think first off, you know, like what do we what do we do on a daily basis? Like what does a CPA firm do? So a, a variety of things, but what we really focus on um, are a few things. So so one is really what we call tax planning. Now that is a unique kind of thing that a lot of CPAs don't do where we want to look at a client mostly business owners, right? And that can be an entrepreneur that just by themselves too, that's a business. And we want to look at what are they paying in taxes right now? And then using the 80,000 page tax code that's out there right now, what can we do to flip that upside down and save them material sums of money, right? It is very difficult to do that stuff because it's, it's very nuanced. It can be dry, but we have really focused on learning that stuff because it's the, that is where we see the most ROI for our clients. So what we have done differently than a lot of traditional CPAs is, you know, your traditional CPA is someone that you've gone to probably once a year, they file your tax return, they tell you how much you owe or how much you're getting in a refund. And then if you're a business, there's more compliance stuff they do there. And when I looked at that, I said, there's no value there, right? That's just reporting, reporting, it's a report card, reporting history. So I said, well, what if we, you know, go out there and we actually actively work with them throughout the year proactively to reduce what that report is going to say at the end of the year, right? If your tax return says you owe a hundred or you have paid a hundred thousand dollars in taxes, well, why don't we change that, right? And not just say, oh well, and move on. And that's how a lot of people have offered, operated over the years. And that just goes into the broken business model of CPA firms been operating for hundred years. And you know, I'm not the first person to to do tax planning. There's a um, a great group out there called the American Institute of Certified Tax Planners. So I discovered them probably a month or two into my my journey. Once I I went on my own, I said, "This is interesting." It was really expensive investment, but that's something I believe in too, right? Investing yourself through coaching and through mentorship and through programs like that. And I said, "Okay, you know what? What do I have to lose? I'm gonna I'm gonna. This seems interesting. It seems different." So. I flew out to San Diego, did a week training with this group, um, very niche stuff. And it, it just like blew my mind. I'm like, you can do all this stuff. Like, I never learned this in school. I didn't learn this in my exams. And that from that point on, it really changed how I thought about my business. So we take a very proactive approach after I went through that into working with businesses and their, their owners to drastically change their tax situation. Um, and if we can get you to a quote unquote ta- tax-free life, we're going to try our best to get there. It's not always possible, but it is possible. I mean, people um, oftentimes might get upset about the news with, you know, people not paying taxes, you know, legally, but the government has set up the tax code as, as a list of incentives um, for people, mainly for two groups. That's a business owner and that's a real estate investor. And it's multiple reasons they do that, but because, you know, they're indirectly paying a lot of taxes through hiring people, through developing property and whatnot. So, I, I took this mindset very early on and said, okay, let's stop looking at the this as a rule-based thing. Of course, there are rules and laws you have to follow, but there are a ton of incentives in there and people just overlook them. So that's been the core of our business. That's been our engine. That's what keeps us running. Um, now, the second half is 
We also do a robust, what we call virtual accounting and CFO service. So that's for more a larger business that's operating as employees. So we're handling all their accounting, making sure their numbers are correct. And then we're doing more proactive things like cash flow planning, cash planning, budgeting, things like that. So, you know, they know how much cash they're going to have on hand to make that decision to hire. So that's probably 50% of our business. And the other half is just tax planning. So definitely not a traditional model that we use, but um, it's really something that we've had success with. And I think it's the way the the future of this industry. I, I love it. I love that you have changed the script on how people think of CPA. Like I literally remember for years, like going in with a manila folder to meet with my CPA. And it was like the tax meeting and it's like on your calendar. And it's like, you have to meet in person for some reason. Why is that a thing? Like that, that yeah, that, that, that whole thing there. Like I, I always had a problem with that. And I said like, well, I mean, this is 2020, 2018, whatever year it was. I'm like, why do we have to meet in person to, to like exchange documents? I'm like, let's just have a secure portal and upload the documents. So again, it's just like a weird thing that the industry hasn't evolved. And still to this day, I have colleagues out there in the CPA industry that really struggled with COVID because they had to do everything in person. It was all document drop-off. It was all in-person stuff. And I was like, you got to get with the times here. Like things are changing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's either, you know, get on the bus or you're going to left behind. So yeah, it's an it's an older industry in terms of processes, which leads to opportunity for you know younger pe- people out there that want to get into this. I mean, there isn't a ton of sub forty year old CPA firm owners out there in the grand scheme of things. Of course, there's there's many of them, but you know the grand numbers is not a lot of them. And that that's because the traditional model of a CPA firm has burnt people out, and they've just been like, screw this, I'm not doing this the rest of my life. So yeah, it's an industry that I see so much opportunity in because. There's so many things that can be fixed and improved upon. And I've definitely had people say like, well, you can't do it that way. And like, well, why not? Like you know, a good example of that is, you know, a traditional CPA or a lawyer, they operate and they bill by the hour. And then, okay, I was intrigued by that. I said, well, what is my quote unquote hourly rate? And then I was like, well, that just seems like a made up number, like, you know, 500 an hour, 100 an hour, 1,000 an hour. Like it just seems so arbitrary. And I looked into history of it and it really just came from a guy he actually was from Massachusetts in the 1800s, just developed it as a method to charge his clients as a lawyer. And like, it was just a made up thing. And I'm like, I, I don't like that. So, you know, I went into a different model of billing that's more value-based of how much value we bring to you is how much you're going to pay us. And again, people would say, you can't do that. And it's like, well, why can't you do that? Right? There's no laws against that. And the answer would always be, well, that's not how you do it. That's not what CPAs do. So I just felt early on, it was a very, it was an industry that was very broken in that needs change and change is coming. Um, I know that because there's a lot of people that are innovating out there. I network and learn with the best out there. And, you know, that's, that's my philosophy here is you kind of, you got to get with the, uh, get with the times because, you know, things are changing. I think there's an entrepreneurship lesson there is, you know, Greg studied the industry and studied competitors. And I think as an entrepreneur, you know, especially if you're going in to, to do similar services, you study your competition you don't aim to compete with them. You aim to like, everyone's zigging, I'm going to zag. You aim to do something different. You aim to, you know, flip the industry on its head or add some different unique value proposition to the industry. So you study your competitors and go in a separate direction. So I love that, that, that kind of method and approach you've had. And really then from there, also helping people understand and, and develop and build a mindset where I think you don't just 
work with clients and, and reduce taxes for them, but you work with them on building their, their mindset on, on flipping the script of, okay, taxes aren't necessarily just this expense that you pay once a year. Like, let's look at the tax code. Let's flip it. Let's look at it as a list of incentives. And then also, you've done the same with having a CPA. It's not just an expense like, oh, I have an expense. I have to pay my CPA. They're going to do my taxes once a year. No, it's an investment. You mentioned ROI, return on investment. If anyone who provides you a service, they should provide more value than they cost. So that becomes an investment where you invest in a good CPA. They get you know your money, your business set up right, your taxes set up right. So you are then saving or earning more than they cost. And that becomes an investment. And so I think you know, as, especially as you grow as an entrepreneur or in your income or in your finances, investing in a CPA is huge. I think for you, when does that make sense? So we, there, a lot of our listeners are business owners, small business owners. First, actually answer for me, flipping the, the tax code on its head as a list of incentives, what are a few incentives like to, to have efficient taxes or save on taxes? Like what are some top, high level things we should be doing? Yeah, certainly. So I think when you said like who should be working with a CPA, so there's not a one size fits all answer. I mean, generally speaking, if you're just a you know an employee of a company W two and you're not really active in real estate or stock market investing, it's probably something that you know the software these days is pretty good that you could do yourself. And because because the the incentives out there for W two employees are not that good, and that that's a it's not a right or wrong answer. That's a policy question, right? That's not what the government is focused on of trying to incentivize. So that is what it is. Now, when you get into, you know, owning a, a small business and that can be, that can be a side hustle, a startup. If you're in like, you know, if you're a side hustle, just, Hey, I'm working, but I'm trying to build this thing on the side. I think at that point, if I were in that position, I would really, really study as best I can of what you can do. Cause there's a lot of good free resources out there. Because again, you don't if you're if you're only making a few thousand dollars, you don't want to be spending it back on, you know, trying to find a CPA. It's gonna help you, but like it may not, you know, be worth it from that that volume standpoint. But certainly as you start growing and this is your full time gig, like, hey, I'm I'm doing I'm I'm running this small business, I'm running this this uh, I'm an entrepreneur doing things full time. At the very least, it's worth the conversation to see what they can they can help you and how they how or if they can help you. So I think that's it's it doesn't worth doesn't hurt to talk to them. Again, people like me, most CPAs are not going to not going to charge you to talk to them one time. Just say, "Hey, you know, is there anything we should be doing thinking about, right? And maybe maybe we don't need to work together for another year or two, but just to get your mind right there is important. As far as, you know, what everyone should be doing. Well, first off, I think that, you know, if everyone needs to, especially if you are a business, right? You you got to parse things out, you know, the one of the biggest mistakes I've seen over the years is people that start a business and things happen fast and it, they're kind of just mingling their life and personal stuff with business. And it's like, Oh, it's all one and the same. What happens over time is that, you know, there is more compliance burden and, you know, things can go wrong if that happens, but you also miss a lot, right? You miss a lot of things you could have been doing as far as, you know, legitimate legal deductions for your business. And that can get frustrating, right? When, because you don't have that stuff tracked properly. So definitely get like your records in order. It doesn't have to be, you know, QuickBooks, but it can be, a simple spreadsheet that you're tracking things on just to start. The next thing, you know, really everybody, they should be thinking about, you know, forming an entity, you know, when they get to a point where it's a, it's a full-time type of activity for two reasons. One, 
you want to have protection, right? You want to have protection against creditors, debtors, lawsuits, things like that. And if you have assets, um, whether, whether it's intellectual property or it's um, physical assets in the business, you definitely want to have that protected. That's, that's number one. Number two, that's where we can start doing different things with the tax code, right? To decide what type of entity makes sense for your situation because the tax rates vary per entity or depending how that character, that income that flows to you. So in as Wade knows, sometimes it makes sense to have multiple entities, right? So that's, you know, always step one in the tax planning journey is evaluating with the, how the business is set up legally. Should it be changed? Should it be added to, subtracted from? So that's number one. And then, you know, the other thing is, I think that there, there are a lot of, without getting into the nitty gritty, there's a lot of incentive-based uh, tax credits out there that they've been around for a long time, but people overlook them all the time. And they're there for the taking, but you need to have someone that specializes and knows that stuff, right? To what to look for. There's, you know, people that are in either a product industry or maybe there could be even in type of engineering or it could be in tech or it could be in some type of, um, you know, startup atmosphere. There's great art, research and development incentives out there, right? Like we have clients that will never pay taxes because of these research and development incentives. And they oftentimes come in, they, they didn't know about that for five years. So it has been there since 1986. But like, again, it's very niche and specialized. So that's why it doesn't hurt to have your situation reviewed, you know, by a CPA that's willing to talk to you. So quick question, when you talked about an entity, just to break it down, like that makes sense to us now, because we've been doing this for a few years. But if I was a new listener, and not really totally clear on that, that's talking about like creating an LLC or something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. So if you just, you know, walk outside and go sell lemonade, like you're a business, but you don't need a formal, you know, legal entity behind that. When you become something that's material and that, you know, you have some serious skin in the game, that's when it makes sense to look at forming an uh, entity. An entity could be a limited liability company. It could be a partnership. It could be a corporation, an S corporation, a limited liability, LLP. The LP is all sorts of entity types out there. That's what, you know, your tax and legal team should help you with. But I never, I tell people all the time, like, uh, if they're at day one and they haven't, you know, even proved their concept yet, take a little time, think about it, start trying to generate some income, some sales, and then we can, we can get the, the protection, the entity, the tax stuff in place. It's good to be set up early, but you don't need to jump the gun. Yeah. I, I'm always a big believer of like, let's make sure, you know, what you're doing, this is what you want to be doing. And you have a path to growth. So what I heard in kind of your message to business owners, and for all you out there to put it into layman's terms, first, get your records straight. So what we've done is, you know, maybe you get a, a business checking account or an account that your income goes into. And maybe you have a debit card where you put your business expenses on it. Maybe you open up a separate credit card where you put your business expenses on it. Something where it's separate from your personal life. So you can start to track your business because what you track grows. When you start understanding your inflows of cash, your outflows of cash, you can start to grow and study it and you eventually work with someone else to do that too. Set up an entity. So when you start to grow it enough where it's, it becomes a full-time thing or it produces enough income, you protect it through what you know Greg and Sandy mentioned, whether it's an LLC, an S-Corp, a partnership, different things, because there's protection there. But there's also efficiencies there from a tax perspective. And then three, 
start to work with someone. You don't want to know everything about an 18, whatever thousand page tax code. Like that's why you hire a professional. Yeah. 88,000 page tax code. Like you don't know a lot. And guess what? Filling out something online through TurboTax, like isn't going to be everything either. So you start to work with a professional, someone like GOCPA, someone like just ACPA to start to understand, okay, how can I make this more efficient? How can I grow? Beyond that, I love putting it into story. And, you know, people might have heard this before a few years ago or years ago, Warren Buffett kind of came out publicly and was like, I pay less percentage in taxes than my secretary does. And then starting to understand why is that? Because at first it's like, oh my gosh, this billionaire pays a lower percentage in taxes than a secretary. That is so unfair. But going back to what Greg said, you start to flip your mindset to this whole tax code wasn't written as like to penalize people to pay taxes. It was like, hey, if you do this, here's a list of incentives. You will not have to pay taxes. So what I've learned from Greg over time and he can expand upon is guess what? Warren Buffett provides a way more value to the economy than his secretary does. His secretary helps him with some administrative work and she gets paid accordingly to do so. Warren Buffett employs a ton of people. He owns a lot of assets, a lot of real estate in which houses people. So he houses people, he owns assets, he he has investments and he employs people. So two things I've learned, you know, from Greg and through just building financial literacy is flip the script on the tax code, invest in assets. Maybe it's owning real estate, employ people, start businesses are two great ways. So could you kind of expand upon that Warren Buffett story? Yeah, certainly. So like we said, like it's not necessarily a right or wrong thing because people on, you know, people have opinions on that, right? Like, is it, is it right that Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, these people don't pay a lot in taxes. Well, that's not for me to judge, right? But I know what the laws say, and the laws say that they don't have to. So that's how it's set up right now, right? There's a famous quote out there from a a, a judge um, in a in a tax court case, and he said, "As an American, you know, you are not obligated to pay one dollar more in taxes than you're required to, right?" And then, you know, I'm going to read a quote here that I I have read on my website. It says, "My attitude when I was at the service, meaning the Internal Revenue Service." was I wanted taxpayers to pay not more than what they owe, but what they owe. And this is the same thing. Listen to this part. Shame on you if you're paying more than what you owe. Typically speaking, big businesses take everything they're entitled to, but the smaller guys are not looking for some of the things that they're entitled to because, frankly, the laws written into Congress were not for them. So it's, it's, it's the, the big and that guy's name is Mark Everson, former commissioner of the IRS, which means he was the man in charge of the IRS under George Bush. And what I took from that was that, you know, everyone's, you know, oh, IRS, big, scary, you know, agency, right? But this guy who was leading him was saying, look, I, I want to be friendly to taxpayers. They don't need to pay more than what they owe. And people, lead, there's a government accountability report from years ago that, you know, people overpay taxes by like $80 billion a year, right? Because the government has an idea of what's out there and is incentives. And they're not going to say, Hey, Wade, did you know you could have taken that tax credit? No, they're not going to say that, right? They're going to come the other way, but they're not going to tell you what you could have done. So right or wrong, that is how the system is set up now. And I think that people need to take full advantage of the system as, it's, as it is. And it, and it changes a lot too. So it's going to be changing the next couple of years with um, a new uh, regime coming in. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think certainly the larger businesses like you know the Berkshire Hathaway and Warren Buffett's case or Amazon, 
they're contributing in other ways to the economy, right? So one thing, you know, there that Wade said that really stood out and that I'm a big believer in is if you own assets, and that doesn't matter what type of asset it is, you're going to pay less taxes, right? The government wants you to own assets. Assets can be a business. It can be investment, real estate. It can be stocks, aka capital gains, lower tax. They want you to own assets, right? That is where you're going to have the tax incentives. Now, the traditional mindset, this is not right or wrong, but this is what the traditional mindset has been, is that you, you work at the, um, the job and you buy um, the house. Some people will tell you that a house is actually a liability, right? Because it's not, it's not adding, necessarily adding income to your life, cash flow to your life. Now, there's an argument that you know, it should appreciate over the long term and you store value in it. So you know, that's definitely valid. But there's an alternative mindset out there, right? That you should be looking to acquire assets because not only do they grow, they produce cash flow, they, they produce long-term income, but they also reduce your taxes big time. Uh, and real estate is a great example. I mean, again, if real estate structured properly, do it right, you have the right people on your team, there's a good chance you're going to pay zero taxes ever. And I'm serious by that. Now, people might know when President Trump's taxes came out and whatever, maybe before the election or sometime, the people are shocked, like, oh, wow, like, how does he have all these losses and he doesn't pay taxes? Like, to me, the CPA community, we were laughing about that, actually, because it's, it's actually not that complex, um, what he was doing. He's using something called bonus depreciation and net operating loss carrybacks. And again, it's in the tax code for the person that owns $100,000 worth of real estate to use, right? And he happened to have a lot bigger of a portfolio. So these things are out there. And obviously, you know, someone like Bezos or, um, you know, someone from Apple, like they have armies of lawyers and tax attorneys and CPAs and accountants and people on their side to do this stuff. So I've always thought, you know, it goes back to my whole theory is that you have to have the specialized knowledge, but you know, what is stopping other CPAs, right? From getting the specialized knowledge and bringing this down to the, you know, the common man business owner, right? There's nothing stopping anybody. It's just pure education. It's out there for all of us to get, all of us to have, right? The There's no code on the tax code that I have to like, you know, secret society get into. It's there for the taking. And it's about, you know, like, like Sandy said, it's, it's, you got to be a student of the game, figure these things out. Like Wade said is buy assets, right? That's, you know, it's not a, not a, not a trick, right? It's just kind of how it is. And then it's going to unlock these other incentives that are out there for you for the taking. So what I gained from that is you have a duty as a U.S. citizen to pay your fair share of taxes. Everyone knows that and believes that. But then, okay, what is your fair share? Well, guess what? The IRS, all these, everyone is saying, your fair share is just what you're required to pay. And you are not required or shouldn't be paying anything over that. All big businesses, they've got CPAs, they've got professionals in place where they pay what they're required to pay. They pay their fair share. Small business owners oftentimes don't have that sophistication or financial literacy or a CPA on their side. So they pay more than their fair share. So it is so valuable what we found in our life and why we wanted to bring Greg on and, and introduce our financial SWAT team to people. It's because at the end of the day, money isn't everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. Like it enables us to live the life we want to live. It is a, a way, a thing in our society. And so what can you do if you saved more money on your taxes? Would that be an extra family vacation? Would it be reinvesting into your business to grow? What, would it be giving back? Whatever that looks like, that, that's your, you know, your duty to just pay your fair share of taxes. And, and so then in transitioning, 
having a CPA, having someone on your side is so important to us and something we wanted to share, you know, with our community. So for you, Greg, and GeoCPA, just touching, coming back to touching base on when it makes sense for a business owner to work with a CPA and who you guys at GeoCPA work with. Yeah. So as far as who should be working with the CPA, again, I think when you're an established business, right? Again, when I say established, I don't mean that you have 10 employees. I mean that you're, you're doing it full time. You're, you have income. And when I say income, I mean, you know, your revenue is greater than your expenses, right? So you're, you have a tax, right? Because, you know, when you're first starting out, people may not be making money. They just have expenses. So they're, they're losing money. You can use that to your advantage, of course. But, you know, we're usually looking at people that are paying, paying taxes, right? That's where CPA is going to help you when you have a obligation to pay taxes. And, and, and they're growing, right? You're kind of, you know, if I would say, you know, if your percentage of, of, of taxes is, is growing to 20% or more, yeah, I think a CPA can probably help you, right? But if you're only paying 10%, 12%, maybe not worth it. I can't say, you know, guaranteed, but maybe not worth it at that point. And as far as who we're working with, you know, we're, we're really focused on a, a couple of groups. And one is, you know, business owners that it doesn't matter, again, how, how big their, their base is, right? But that are, that are profitable, right? They're, they're making multiple six figures they have, which means they probably have a large tax liability because that's where we can give some of these more advanced strategies that are going to drive, actually drive down that tax bill every year. And if they, if they have, you know, other obligations, we're going to help them on their accounting and their, their bookkeeping, their financials, things like that. And I think that, you know, again, we, I, it, it, it's an amazing thing because you talk to people in all these different situations. I mean, I, I spoke to a guy this morning that is an immigrant from France living in Boca down in Florida and like really successful business. And just like, just listening to that journey, right. Really inspired me came over here and he's built something from the ground up. Hasn't taken $1 from a, a bank or an investor and, and has this very successful company. So when I see that, and then I see, you know, how can I help them? Like it really inspires us to, you know, Hey, how can we, what, there has to be something here, right? It's like a, it's like a big puzzle for me. And that's, that's what we kind of call, we call it like a diagnosis when we go through this looking at it from like a doctor's perspective, right? Like what, how do we diagnose their problems here? And it, sometimes there may, that may not be problems. It's how do you optimize their situation? And that's what really kind of drives us and, and keeps it fun for us is right. Like, Oh, Hey, we can do this, this trick right here. That's going to save them 5k, 10k, whatever it is. So, so we're, we're really looking for the people that are, you know, making a little bit more money at this point. Sometimes it's people with large real estate portfolios, right? They're great to work with because there's so much in the tax code for them. But yeah, but in closing, I do recommend people that, you know, they have a business as they start paying taxes and they start paying more taxes because their income is growing. It's, it's definitely time to have a conversation. And, and you may find that, Hey, you know what? Like CPA I talked to, they, they may not be right for me this time, or maybe the, you, you, maybe it's just a consultation. You get some information and keep it in mind for the future. But I think just knowing, knowing that when you grow, there is a better way, right? There is a better way. Don't always think that like, Oh, Hey, you know, there's a, old adage out there in the CPA world, which is the, uh, the worst advice. And I was on another podcast with Nexus podcast, Dr. Daniel, who Wade knows, and he said, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever heard? And I said, it's a CPA who says, if you want to pay less taxes, make less money, like horrible <laughs> advice, horrible, horrible advice, <laughs> or they'll say just, you know, buy a car. So yeah, I think that, you know, as you grow, just keep it in mind, right? There, there are cool planning techniques out there. There's long-term things out there, right? For wealth transfer between generations that can be done, you know, so just keep an open mind to, to everything. Right. Um, and just know that there is help out there. 
I love this. This has been great. I love that you think of it as a puzzle and it's like a challenge to you and you like come the way you come at it, I think is so unique. So first of all, I need to call Wade out for not giving Rita Davenport credit. On, oh my gosh. Sorry, Rita. Yeah. He's like, money's right up there with, like money's not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. Like you did not come up with that incredible quote. She was extremely energetic. Yes. I, uh, I yes. love her. Yeah. She was great. So, okay. Just to high level overview. So you can help people set up their entities. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so, so we okay. do that all the time. Um, you know, whether it's, one person set up an LLC or it's two people forming together to create a partnership, which is more complex, or it's someone that's, Hey, we're going to start a corporation because we plan on, you know, raising money from other investors. So all those situations, you know, we're very versed in and you know, doing it on a daily basis. Awesome. Yes. Cause you've helped us set up our LLCs. And that was, I remember being so confused because we're an LLC, but we file as an S corp, which mm-hmm. I was like, what does that even mean? Okay. So you help people set up entities. You guys do bookkeeping, you guys do tax planning. You do CPA like services. What else am I missing? The, the, those are the definitely the core services. So like our three core services are, are the tax planning, the you know we call it virtual accounting, virtual CFO, and then we would call entity and asset protection. So figuring out the right business model for you and how do how do we structure that and protect that properly. So those are our our three core services. Occasionally we're doing some other consultation type work and stuff like that, but that's that's really the engine that drives us. And I know Greg in working with us, because we've worked with Greg, they go beyond. Like if, if I were helping someone start a business or get healthy, I would want to know why, what they want, what their goals are, and why they want them. So Greg goes into this in detail and his team, and they understand what your current financial position is, where you want to be, and why you want to be there. And it goes beyond, like Greg said, those historical records and filing taxes but then proactively looking into the future, how can we set up your life, your businesses, all these things to grow to where you want to grow? What are maybe some investments, not that he's an investment advisor, but like things that I think you could do to help you get to where you want to go. So it's so much more than just a tax return or just filing your taxes. Yeah. And certainly I think that, like you said, we're not definitely not investment advisors, but you know, when clients will ask, you know, what should we be doing? I, I'm not going to say, you know, hey, definitely go do this. But I say you might want to explore these areas more, right? Like, I, I like to understand people's what their end goal is, and I always say, hey, we're plenty with the end in mind here, right? Like, everyone has an end. Uh, it might be my end is I'm I'm going to grow this business and run it for 30 years and make a ton of money. That's great. Some other people will come to me and say, I want to grow this business and sell it to Google in four years, right? Drastically different situations we're going to work with there. So I always start at the end and work backwards. And, you know, the, one of the, you know, the key things I think we do, um, we, when you said investment, it, it, it rang a bell is, you know, we, we look at ourselves really as a quarterback of your kind of your financial process, right? So yeah, we're not going to be able to, you know, maybe do a certain thing for you, right? That, that a lawyer needs to do, right? But we have our, our legal partner and maybe there's some um, insurance type of thing you need to do, right? But we have an insurance partner. So we look at it ourselves as a, almost a hub and spoke model, and we're that center of that model. And we can, we have one stop shop, baby. One stop shop, right? We have those experts, right? Best in class experts that I personally do business with myself, right? I'm putting my money, my trust, my legal documents in these people's hands. I really do trust them. And I'm only going to refer clients to them that I believe need those services, right? So that's really how I think about it. That, hey, yeah, yes, we're not investment advisors, we're not lawyers, we're not insurance people, but I know, you know, my team and I know enough about that stuff to know when that situation comes up 
boom, we know exactly, you know, who you need to talk to, right? We get the best person here that we trust um, to bring you to. So it's definitely your, your financial situation is quite complex in life and you can keep it simple or you can get really complex, right? That's up to you and how much return you want to get on, on your investment in different, different professionals and different products that are out there. I love how passionate you are about this. Like you just get lit up. It's so good. <laughs> so fire round before we wrap up for people to know how to get in contact with you, because I know there's a lot of people listening right now that are like, I need Greg in my life yesterday. So first of all, what's your favorite book? I, this is probably cliched and you probably, everyone on this podcast said this, but it's, it's probably uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. Definitely one of those people you know, consider a mentor. I'd love, I'd love to meet him because I think he just looks at things so differently. He's not a tax person, but his tax mindset's the same as mine. So a lot of people, a lot of my clients read that as well. And they're like, wow, this guy really is really kind of got me into this mindset. Right. And it's funny because I, there's like, in my mind, there's two groups of people out there. There's the Kiyosaki group and there's the Dave Ramsey group, like drastically different mindsets on how you should be doing finances. And people may not know who they are, but you know, if you, you look into both of them, right. They, both extremely successful people, but did it different ways and, and teach different methods. So yeah, Robert's my guy. Uh, so that's definitely probably my favorite book. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. We'll drop it in the show notes. That is my ultimate all-time favorite financial book as far as building your financial literacy, understanding finances from a place they don't teach in school or you don't learn growing up, but how, really how to build wealth. I love that. I remember we did a book club on that book recently. And one of my biggest takeaways from it was there's a difference between being broke and poor. Broke is temporary. We've all been broke before in life, but poor is a mindset. And if you're poor, like you'll always be in that mindset. I remember reading that and being like, whoa. Okay. So in wrapping up, Greg, you're a handsome guy. You're super successful. You have so much going for you. You're living in downtown Boston. Like, I just have to ask because I feel like 80% of our listeners are, are women. Hey, are you, I don't know about that. I, I maybe. think maybe, but um, are you single? I am, I am a bachelor, yes. I am. Oh, oh. he's on the market. <laughs> I had to. Well, with it. that said, where can we connect with you? No, maybe on the single <laughs> front, that's a different front, but professionally, where yeah. can we connect yeah, with well, you? Yeah, let's not do the those increase to the website, but um, <laughs> um, <laughs> so the best way to, to get in contact with the website is geotaxplanning.com. Uh, and we have a special landing page here. So if, if listeners of the show want to get, um, you know, a free, what we call a white paper, right? That's for really just tips and tricks for people that are early on in their, um, their business, their business journey. Uh, you can go to geotaxplanning.com forward slash getting magnetic, geotaxplanning.com forward slash getting magnetic. And there, there'll be a download form there, right? No obligation. Just read it to, to think, um, just has some, you know, cool tips and tricks that, uh, you can probably do yourself. So. That's how that's the best way to get in contact with us. I love it. Thank you so much for your time. Yes, and thank you, Greg. So grateful to have you here on Getting Magnetic. This is definitely like a different tune than we normally have, but I think it adds a lot of value and a lot of people don't know really much about this at all. So I know this was a lot of good nuggets in here. So thank you so much. Yes, yeah, thank I, you, Greg. I enjoyed doing it. Enjoyed doing it. And uh, you know, hope to be back again soon. All yes. right, brother. Have a great rest of your day. Take care, guys. We really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Wade and I have learned throughout our journey that delegating is just a big part of getting magnetic towards the life that you want. And Wade and I are not 
skilled in taxes. And so we, that was something that we outsourced. And so we're just really grateful to be able to share this resource with you. And I think overall, like our message on getting magnetic is getting magnetic to that life you want. Like Sandy said, whether that's through vitality and health and wellness or flourishing in your relationships or growing and flourishing in your business and the entrepreneurship journey, all of those things. And a part of overall wellness, overall thriving in your life is financial wellness. Like at the end of the day, it is. So we can't ignore it. We have to focus on it. And like Sandy said, it's okay if you don't know everything. We don't either. But that's where you you do delegate, you hire a professional. So, so glad we were able to bring Greg on and just let him drop some value bombs on things that, you know, technically we don't know about either. And that's why, you know, we have we hire help and we have people help us. I think if you have a dream, if you have a dream life, you got to build a team and you build a team around you of people that can help you get to where you want to go. Greg is one of those people for us. He's a part of our financial SWAT team in which we have a freestyle Friday coming up where we're going to continue this conversation on money mindset. And next week, stay tuned because we're going to transition from, okay, getting your books, your records right, getting your business set up the right way, pay the least amount you need to in taxes. Then from there, what do I do with the extra? How do I start think about starting to invest? How do I start to think about building a legacy, building generational wealth beyond myself. So super excited for next week, we're going to start transitioning into what to do with my money. We shouldn't just be spending it all, but excited for that. And remember, if you're loving what you're hearing here on Getting Magnetic, share it with a friend. Who do you know that's an entrepreneur? Who do you know that owns a business or that's starting a business? Share this episode with them. It would mean so much to us to have you subscribe, rate, review, all the things and we'll see you on Friday as Wade and I dive deeper into what we do with our finances. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.